Welcome to Pod Talk, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Join the team from the Midwest Farm Report as we talk to soybean growers from every corner of Wisconsin about farm and market conditions, research, biodiesel, and the challenges of each soybean crop. Andy Benson's been involved with Wisconsin agriculture his entire life. He's also managed to find his way to responsibilities on a number of different boards for Wisconsin agriculture, including the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Andy is a producer up in northwest Wisconsin, Dallas, Wisconsin, to be specific. Describe your operation, Andy. Take us from the beginning. You and I go back a ways. So when we hear family farms, you lived it, breathed it, and are still living it. Take us back. Okay, back in 1975, I graduated from high school, spent a year uh, just out of high school as a uh, uh, Wisconsin FFA state officer, Mm -hmm. and uh, at that point in time, my family was a dairy farm, and we milked uh, milked cows there in southern Barron County. Uh, I went away to college at the University of Wisconsin at River Falls. Um, graduated uh, with a degree in agriculture education and some emphasis in in uh, farm management. Mm-hmm. Um, after I got out of college, I, I started farming with my folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that that didn't go as well as we anticipated, and I began an operation of my own then in 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the early 80s, if you are old enough to remember, it was a pretty tumultuous time for those of us young guys trying to get started in agriculture. And the high interest rates and the devaluation of ag land, um, I found myself by about 1986 basically bankrupt and starting over. So it was a painful time, but with those difficult times was a tremendous opportunity to develop and hone a better way to make a living farming. Um, In 1991, after I spent some time in sales and working off the farm, um, I had an opportunity to buy another farm and to start over again. And with starting over again, we went at things completely differently. We were lean. We had very little equipment. uh, Land rent was cheap. Crop prices were low. Uh, margins were slim, mm-hmm. but without spending much on equipment, heading down the pathway of no-till and um, very limited input agriculture, we began to figure out that there was some there were some ways to make some margins in agriculture in crop farming. Uh, didn't go back to livestock at all at that point on, and haven't had livestock since 1986. Um, but we began to build a. a an enterprise crop farming and doing some uh, providing some services for other farmers in the area to help supplement the income and we just very very methodically began to add acres and focused on profitability uh, got very acquainted back in them early days with our university extension folks um, actually in 1991 um, I think um if I remember right, was really the first time that I attended a corn soy expo. I don't even know if we called it that then, but it was on the uh, west side of Madison Mm -hmm. before we before we moved on and eventually down the road we ended up having a lot of those uh, programs up at at the Dells, but Mm -hmm. um, 
attended a lot of those informational and learning sessions and got interested in what our commodity groups were doing for us and and really built a lot of uh, relationships in, in those early years. Uh, fast forward through the 90s and the early 2000s, the business continued to grow uh, at one point in time. Uh, I think we got to the point where we were farming just about 6,000 acres. At that point in time, I think I had over 80 landlords. Uh, the area in Wisconsin where we farm was all small dairies, yeah. and as those small dairies gave up on the on the dairy side of it, there were a lot of small fields and a lot of small farms that were available to be rented. Um, since then, along the way, we had uh, specialized in doing custom forage harvesting. Uh, I've done a lot of forage harvesting with cloths and and uh, fent tractors mm-hmm. and the newer technologies accustomed to doing the larger acres. Uh, that became an integral part of our business. We also did a lot of custom planting and a lot of custom application of, of fertilizer and and uh, crop protection products. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I'm at that retirement age where I am in the succession planning stage where we are uh, we're unwinding a lot of the things that we built and trying to pass it off onto some next generations. I'm pretty proud of the fact that through the years of my farming career, uh, there are no less than three of my former employees who are now off on their own and doing pretty well. Um, hope to, I'd like to say they learned a lot from me. They probably learned more from the things they shouldn't be doing than the <laughs> things they should. But it's all growth and it's all learning. And I'll, I'll be the first to say that I've learned a fair amount from some of those guys as well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, if it's not the markets that are challenging you, it's the weather that's challenged you, the economics of it all. So tell me a little bit about why you decided after that first experience at the old, we'll call it corn soy because I can't remember what it was either. Talk to me a little bit about why you continued to stay engaged in checking up on where checkoff dollars were being spent and ultimately getting involved in leadership activities. Well, in uh, I think it was the year 2001, um, I had a I had an opportunity to uh, be a Dupont. At that point mm-hmm. in time, it was a Pioneer Young Leader Program, mm-hmm. um, and that was really the launch pad uh, for my leadership involvement. What was uh, turned out to be nine years with the Wisconsin Soybean Association, and uh, three three-year terms. At the end of those three three-year terms, um, I was asked if I would continue on in a leadership capacity, serve on the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, and I've been there ever since. And there have been a couple other opportunities to serve our industry as well. I spent about 10 years with uh, Soy and Specialty Grains Alliance, mm-hmm. what started out as the Midwest Shippers Association and then uh, developed into the SSGA which is focused entirely on IP, identity-preserved soybeans and other specialty grains, which means those things that carry an added value to our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, We focus heavily on non-GMO soybeans for the food-grade markets Mm -hmm. 
in uh, different places around the world and uh, will continue to to do that because of the the market opportunity that it gives me on our operation. Andy Benson's along with us. He's a member of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, and as you just heard, a long time has invested a lot of hours, a lot of road time to be a part of this association and the marketing board. And the reason I wanted to visit with Andy is, again, it's that scope of work that you've been exposed to by being engaged with what the checkoff dollars are doing. It's been through board meetings, but it's also been through practical experiences. Help people understand how it's almost addictive. Once you get a taste, you want the whole plate. Uh, you got a taste of what was happening with checkoff dollars, and it seemed to kind of ignited enthusiasm in you, Andy, for give me more, give me more, give me more. Am I misreading that? Uh, No, not really. Uh, One of the things that's really unique about the soybean industry, and that is that, first of all, it's a family of people that are you get to be really well acquainted with and you learn to trust and you learn to to, to, to gather information yeah. from so many different sources, you start to learn what works in Tennessee or what works in Kentucky mm-hmm. and what might work in Arkansas, and you start to bring those ideas and those questions back and say, how does this play in Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. And you you begin to get exposed to, to opportunities to increase the revenue stream. Um, and there's always trade-offs with the amount of work required mm-hmm. in the revenue stream. And I think as a group, farmers are typically guilty of one thing, and that is we want the easy button. You know, we just want to oh, we want to say, okay, if I just do this simple thing. I remember when Roundup Ready uh, first came out to be uh, a, a, an issue, not, not a negative issue, but a, a positive development. And every farmer just wanted to just plant everything Roundup ready and just spray it with Roundup and everything else dies. And it's just easy. We have perfect weed control and we have clean mm-hmm. crops and, and everything is great and wonderful. And it was for a little while. <laughs> and then we learned that weeds can develop resistance to chemistries. And now we've been on this roller coaster ride where we can't make chemistries fast enough that the weeds can't find a way to become resistant mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, something become more challenging, but looking for those opportunities and seeing them come and seeing them develop. And so in the in the soybean industry and the amount of money that we've invested from our checkoff programs to solve problems and to develop markets and to educate our co-producers and our customers about what it is that we're doing and what solutions we can provide is what really makes this cool because in a lot of agriculture we have this attitude that we'll just grow this and somebody's going to want it instead what we have in the soybean industry is we're proactive and we're looking at who needs this product and why do they need it and what are the barriers for this soybean to becoming a solution, whether it's energy or whether it's food or whether it's industrial uses like ink or rubber or synthetics mm-hmm. or whether it's a host of hundreds of other things that our checkoff dollars have helped to develop, it's really been a proactive approach by the checkoff program. And, I, and the checkoff program isn't 
hasn't been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about something that's really just decades old, yeah. mm-hmm. but it has been a resounding success. And that's where the real fun has been to know that other farmers have entrusted us in the dollars that are taken out of their soybean proceeds and have trusted this board and other boards like this in other states to invest it wisely to develop a better market to make us all more profitable. Andy Benson along with us. Again, a uh, uh, soy pod update for you, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Always want to remind you, you can find out more about board members. You can also find out about news that's happening in the state of Wisconsin connected to the Soybean Marketing Board. Pretty easy to do. Just jump online. Their website is wisoybean.org, wisoybean.org. And I'd also encourage you to sign up for their biweekly e-newsletter on Soy Wisconsin and and then you'll be able to stay up to date on things like the research, market development, grower alerts, as well as education and biodiesel. You know, Andy, I stop and think about when you first started in farming and, like you said, the products that soybeans were being used for. Then you start to be exposed as a board member to ideas, investments. And now you're seeing products come to market that are the culmination of all that. Looking forward... How are you working? You mentioned about uh, some legacy planning on your own operation. Are you doing any legacy planning on trying to find board members to carry the baton when Andy says, I'm tired of running from Dallas, Wisconsin, to Wisconsin Dells for board meetings? Well, that's an interesting question. One of the, one of the businesses that I had along with the farmer was was a retail sales agency sold products for Pioneer and for Corteva and for mm. for uh, Titan Pro crop protection products and and did a fair amount of of that kind of work and the succession plan there is one of the one of the young gentlemen that came to work for me for a while is now on the ASA board mm. so um People see what I do, and they like to, I think, uh, explore whether that has a fit for them. And mm-hmm. if they aspire to doing those kinds of things, if you're young and you have a good, sharp mind and you have some ambition and you want to get involved in the soybean industry, there are lots of opportunities to get involved. Uh, the Soybean Association would love to have you get involved. You can start as simple as is entering a yield contest right. and get acquainted, get down to the Corn Soy Expo and meet some of the other state leaders. Mm-hmm. And um, if if you have an aspiration to do those kinds of things, there is an opportunity to start to build your 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 le- leadership legacy there. You mentioned about how you grew from your high school collegiate experience, the setbacks, the coming ahead again. So let's talk a little bit about your how your perspective changed on the use of checkoff dollars as you were exposed to more and more research, more and more travel opportunities, networking with people outside of Northwest Wisconsin and then outside of Wisconsin borders and then internationally. I mean, you are a perfect example of the evolutionary educational layers that you can find if you get involved and stay connected with the checkoff message. Yeah, originally... As a young person, when I was really just trying to get started in my farming career, mm-hmm. uh, 
I'll be perfectly honest with you. That checkoff money, I thought I could do a better job with that money than somebody else could. And I resented the fact that I had to give a half of 1% mm. of this soybean check that I sold beans for <laughs> to somebody else to make my price better on the farm. But once you begin to understand that that small token is invested for the right reasons to make a bigger market, to teach farmers how to improve their bottom line, uh, to, to, to learn the agronomy principles that are responsible for making soybeans competitive as a crop. Um, and, and once I began to understand that that small investment was not taking away from my bottom line, but it was actually adding to my bottom line, and then it was multiplying my bottom line, um, that I really began to understand that it was really important that that money gets spent wisely. Um, you don't want to see that money wasted. I look at my job as a board member. Number one, it's a fiduciary responsibility. This isn't my money. This is money that every soybean producer has collectively put together to have meaningful impact on the profitability of soybean farmers, first of all, across the state of Wisconsin, and secondly, across the U.S. Mm -hmm. It's not something that builds the profitability for soybean producers in South America. Now, they can learn from some of the things that we're doing, but we can learn from some of the things that they're doing. But specifically, our checkoff dollars are used to promote and encourage the use of U.S. soybeans with all the attributes and with all of the things that we've developed, whether it's healthy oils mm -hmm. or whether it's biodiesel or whether it's sustainable aviation fuel or whether it's synthetics or whatever it is, um, the, that's the real take-home. You know, I, I watch him and your eyes kind of light up when you start talking about where you see things going. And like you said, of course, it's good to talk about legacy. But if I had to ask you what you're excited about going forward for Andy Benson, the guy that's going to be up in Dallas, Wisconsin, not necessarily, you know, traveling the world representing Wisconsin soybeans, but just taking it all in. What are you excited about, Andy? What do you tell other young leaders to take a look at, look at as opportunities, not only, like you said, for Wisconsin, for the U.S., but for themselves. What do you get excited about? Well, it used to be that we tried to see if we could figure out how much uh, yield we could get per mm -hmm. acre. And that becomes a secondary goal after a while. What I get excited about is the opportunity to add real value to every bushel that we grow. Said another way, you know, you can win yield contests by having high yields, but your banker becomes really, really enthused when you generate higher revenues per bushel or higher revenues per acre. So it's a little bit like the dairy farmer that can have 30,000 pounds of milk per cow average but can't make any money, and the next guy down the road is happy with 20, but he can't hardly shovel the dollars into the bank account fast enough <laughs> because it's all about the margins. Mm -hmm. The margins are what we live and die for, not the gross yield. Mm -hmm. In fact, too much yield comes back to hurt us mm -hmm. because we have supplies that overrun demand. And so we have a balanced approach in our checkoff program, and that is to, yes, build supply, but number two, 
to build demand and to mm-hmm. try to build supply and demand in tandem with each other so that there's a balance, so that there's a good return on investment. Mm-hmm. It really, this whole sustainability message mm-hmm. all falls apart without profitability. Mm-hmm. We have to be profitable first. And it's great to do everything else right, but profits is where it starts and ends. Are you happy with the progress you've seen Wisconsin make in your time being involved with the checkoff? I I mean, you know, we didn't have much of a name, if you will, when it comes to soybeans, growing them, let alone doing anything with them. We didn't have much of a name when you got started in this gig. No, in fact, soybeans were a relatively minor (laughs) crop in most of the state, maybe the exception being the southern tier counties. Um, But really, soybeans have become a mainstay crop now across all of the United, or all of uh, the northern part of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Whoever thought we could grow soybeans in Ashland County for crying out loud? <laughs> but they're up there, uh-huh. and some of those guys are doing a tremendous job with yeah. soybeans and the resource that they have to grow them in. Yeah, exactly. Andy Benson, enthusiastic board member of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, like he said, a grower himself, a long lifelong farmer from uh, Dallas, Wisconsin. He's just one of the voices that would really love to engage with you if you've got questions about how Wisconsin checkoff dollars are being spent, projects that you're intrigued about or want to learn more. Remember, it's not just about uh, going to a newsletter or jumping on uh, the World Wide Web or even visiting with the field researchers. A lot of it is just talking with fellow growers about their duties, their responsibilities, and what they see going on with checkoff dollars. Again, Soy Podcast Update, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. I always want to pivot you to their website to begin your information requests wisoybean.org while you're there get signed up for their bi-weekly e-newsletter on soy wisconsin and you'll get up-to-date information about everything that's happening with your checkoff dollars research education things like biodiesel market development and important grower alerts that's wisoybean.org Thanks for joining Pod Talk, a podcast by Wisconsin soybean farmers for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit wisoybean.org or wherever you consume your podcasts.